Yo, what's happening? It's Vince McMahon. This is Chad G. Slim Villain. Together, we form the three-man group known as the Fabulous Three Bros. And this is... Subject to change. It's the show where we bring you all the high spots, the low blows, and everything else in between the ropes of professional wrestling. So stay tuned, and let's get it popping off. And if they're smart, they'll listen. What is up, good people? Welcome to episode number eight of Subject to Change, another pro wrestling podcast hosted by your boys, the fabulous three bros. I'm your host, Vince McMahons. I'm here with Chad G. What's good? And my boy, Slim Villain. What up, Dylan? What's popping? Nothing much, man. Trying to stay on the positive side of this uh, WrestleMania recap. You know, we're in the the backlash season, you know what I mean? That's WrestleMania backlash. WrestleMania backlash. WrestleMania backlash. I'm feeling a lot of that backlash because we get into this point as we see every single year where WrestleMania ends and they just completely take the life out of everything, you know, and mm-hmm. make it make it hard for me to tune back in every single week. Is, is that the same case for y'all? Because Looking at these shows this week is really not a lot for us to dive that deep into. Uh, yeah, like I'm gonna try again until SummerSlam. Yeah, I feel like they're in like a holding pattern, and like just the name of the show, the next baby WrestleMania Backlash, like that just screams holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Like we're just gonna do a bunch of rematches of stuff that we did at WrestleMania. Like I, I don't know. I feel like they didn't used to be like this, like this bad. Like it wasn't this obvious. Yeah, yeah. They like tried to like do something. Like, like you had like the night after WrestleMania. Usually there'd be like somebody that would come up from like NXT or like a new or somebody would come back that that's been out for months or a new star would debut. Like, like there there'd be like some juice like to there, but there's like there's nothing really like happening right now. And you would think that with them throwing in that WrestleMania portion, like, to the tagline, it would kind of motivate them to try and make the product a little bit more spectacular, I guess. Oh, they have no motivation. With, with the next something. pay-per-view that's coming up, but it just seems like they're holding it in, and I just don't get it because when you get so many new viewers, hypothetically, from WrestleMania, so many eyes who normally don't watch the product throughout the year are finally tuning back in, why wouldn't you want to keep that audience throughout the next shows that you put on? I feel like they don't really do a good job at trying to yeah. sustain that audience that they gain from Mania. Yeah. I saw that I saw so many people like were talking about like, oh, I check I like I like WrestleMania, so let me check out Raw. And then like immediately they're just like, oh no, this is why I stopped watching. Yeah, exactly. They're reminded <laughs> like, they're reminded as to why they kept watching other things during Mondays. Like there's yeah. like nothing going on at, like at all really on Raw. Like you have you have where your your main champion like isn't even on the show, Bobby Lashley. You have your tag team champions who haven't even appeared like since WrestleMania. Like it, it seems like they don't like care at all, which they probably don't honestly. Like 
the on the creative wanna... side, they have like no motivation to care. They have all their TV deals like set in for the next like few years. Yeah. I mean, just for fun, if y'all want, do y'all want to run through this raw card and like get through it in like two minutes just to see if oh, we yeah. get just anything see, out of see, it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see what happened right. on Monday So let, let's go. Let's let's see what happened on Monday Night Raw. The show opens with I really don't I actually I don't even remember what the opening segment was but the first match of the evening was the hurt business versus the viking raiders oh, that was a rematch from the week before yeah and, and as then, we can see it looks like the hurt business or not the hurt they're not the hurt business anymore yeah, Se- uh, shelton and cedric they're gonna be following along in this path we all foresaw for them it'll be major is, players no they're yeah they're gonna be uh main event <laughs> losers just like what roman called uh daniel Bryan and cesaro <laughs> They're gonna be tag team losers, and yeah, they, they took it out. So, yeah, match was okay. Moving along, mm-hmm. Randy Orton got his little taste of that uh, that riddle action. They had a pretty good match uh, backstage interview. Randy was interrupted by Riddle doing some dumb shit, <laughs> and Randy Orton goes to Adam Pearce says, "I want a match, whatever." Uh, oh, yeah, he said too, like something about like. He like the fiend. You're never gonna see the fiend again. Like he set this. He, like he set the fiend on fire and theoretically killed him. But no, then but he hits him with one RKO. Yeah, that's, that's, that's he's never gonna Go see him again. Cut the head off the serpent with that move. <laughs> but uh, y'all got any takeaways from this? Uh, Riddle rolled up Orton for the win, upset win. Uh it's not gonna mean anything. Does it not? Because they're I mean, putting a lot of stock in Matt Riddle. Let's not sleep on that. He lost the title at Mania. Does this mean? He's in do he's due for a main event push. He's just gonna be like a holding pattern with like where, where a bunch of guys go. They get like a win over like Randy Orton. They push them for a few weeks and then they're like in the mid card for like a few more months. Dylan, what's your thoughts on Riddle? Uh I mean, he's all right. He doesn't really like stand out a lot to me, mm-hmm. to be honest. But like what he's doing now is kind of like working for him, but I don't see it going like skyrocketing right now. I feel you. The only reason why I can see them really putting stock into him is just because I see already how much they like him, just off of the fact that there's no Raw that goes by where he isn't on three different segments. And I think for some reason, Vince has found a liking in Matt Riddle, which kind of contradicts what we heard from early reports, where Matt would just say, like, oh, he kind of interacts with Vince sometimes. Maybe he don't really get it or some stuff, but it just seems like I, it seems like they really like the dude. And I think the segments he has working, albeit they're kind of stupid at first, I'm starting to like him. I think it's a it's a funny character. But yeah. it's all about, you know, staying on that line between is he a, co- a comedy character or can he also be taken seriously? And I think now will be a good time to transition him more into a serious role. He can still have that comedic aspect, but as long as he has legitimacy to his name. Well, I think like the MMA background, like the UFC background, yeah, like, he'll never lose that. Like, like no matter what, he like does like outside. Right. So yeah, um, yeah, that that happened with Randy. Little interaction. Next, we had Lana and Naomi versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Uh. Oh, they had Mandy Rose. Like, yeah. And Dana Brooke. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't think we talked about that last week. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> that finish for, like, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are, like, the baby faces, but then they take oh, no. the count-out loss, and, like, we're <laughs> supposed to, like, cheer for them because of that? 
like after Nia Jax like slips and falls in the ring apron, like what? Who like, booked that we- shit? <laughs> I don't get it. And I don't want to spend time on that because I don't care. Next, Elias <laughs> versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, uh I don't go fuck. Elias um, won that one. Elias Eli- won, okay. I probably wasn't watching it at that point. Yeah, exactly. As you can see, told you I don't want to spend time on this. This this show is is not it's not much we're getting out of this, man. I'm trying. I'm trying here. We're all supposed to be important, you know. Is it any, is it any more like I got two two or three more things, but what were you saying? I was going to say, like, is it supposed to be important anymore? Just, like, the way that they, like, book the show, like, every week. I don't know. I mean, if you listen to them, they would say It's just, like, content. It's like they're trying to fill content every week. It feels like Monday Night Main Event. It does. (laughs) That is so true. It's just, you're going to see, like, like, a pretty good match, like, a few pretty good matches on Raw, like, a few, you gotta see like, about eight okay camera segments. cuts in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like that's it. It does. It feels like nothing like exciting happens like on the show. Yeah. I wonder if they're still working with a slim roster because ever since Corona started, they did kind of have a new cycle of people they wanted to work with, and it still seems like their roster on Raw is just so limited. Like we don't see. We don't see many people outside of Riddle, Randy, Sheamus, Drew, Retribution. I'm missing Keith Lee. Yeah, like right now. Yeah, Keith Lee is missing. Is he good? What's going on with him? He, he's like been tweeting that like he's like hoping to get back soon, but I don't know like what he's out with. If it was like if he, he had some COVID, health issues, I, I don't or, think it's COVID. Or if he had like an injury or something, like I don't, I don't, I don't know what. I don't he's know, man. I hope him. he's good, though. I hope. Shout out to Keith Lee. I hope he's cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking on a somewhat minor partial related note to Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman fought off against Mace and T-Bar, if you still want to call them that. They just might next week because they took off their masks this week, right? Was that this week? Oh, yeah, that was this week. Yeah, they took So McIntyre tagged in and ripped Mace's mask off. He used it as a weapon against Mace and got himself disqualified. And then Strowman ripped off T-Bar's mask before they left. And then the announcer was like, oh, my God, we see their faces. Who are these men we've never seen before? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, like, was it Donovan, like, Dajakova, like, NXT North American champion? Or actually, I don't know. I don't think he won that. But he was, he was like. top competitor. He was. He was, like, he was like in, like, one-on-one Again, match with, like, Keith Lee. Lee. Yeah. Like, in a big feud. Deal Madden was a commentator on Raw. Like, why would you not, like, use that? Be like, oh, Dio Madden. <laughs> like, he's mm-hmm. back or something. Like, sit next to him on commentary for, like, months. Like, how did they not recognize him? <laughs> yeah, like, what? He's like, confuse me with another black man. <laughs> <laughs> but the only reason why I, want, I really want to talk about this is just to kind of project the potential future for those two. Because they kind of teased their relationship with MVP and the Hurt Business. I hope it doesn't go in that direction. I hope they have some sort of ulterior motive that we don't know about. Maybe it's another leader they might introduce. Maybe those Maybe two just are just themselves. going off on their own. Yeah. Twin but Towers. If anything, next week, I want them to have new names. If you're not going to go with their past heritage, uh, lineage, heritage. Their, yeah, their, their past characters, we're not going to go with Dio Madden or Dominic Dajakovic. We're going <laughs> to go with fucking... 
Master Ace and Thomas Barrington. What know. the hell? <laughs> Master Ace and Thomas Barrington. Hey, something. <laughs> Thomas Barrington sounds like somebody that'd be like an NXT UK. <laughs> Thomas Barrington. Hey. But yeah, I'm hoping that uh they get a little bit of a repackaging because they're the two talented individuals, you know. They yeah, they are. They they yeah. dealt with the hand they were given. You know, give, give them some slack, give them some time. I feel bad for, for Mustafa Ali. Like they, yeah. they killed him. Like he I feel like I feel like he might be a guy that might benefit from going to like NXT for a bit and just like trying to like get more momentum back. Cause they've been they killed him on the main roster, basically. Yeah. I hope he gets a chance to recover. Uh, let's just get out of Raw real quick. Miz and Damian Priest. I'm pretty sure Damian Priest won. Who gives a fuck? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oscar versus Charlotte. Charlotte is back in the main event picture. Or at least we thought. But now she's gone. <laughs> she avoided the Oscar lock and applied the figure eight. Um, but Rhea Ripley interfered and caused her to break the hole while the referee was checking on Oscar. And then she rolled up Charlotte, got the dub. And afterwards, Charlotte did not have a good time with that. Attacked all the officials, and now beat she's the shit out the referee. Ended, beat the shit out the ref. So now she's gone. Now she's gone. What does this mean for Charlotte? Are they? What are they pulling with it? What do y'all think she, they're pulling with this? This they're angle here. Like they're definitely prepping like the audience for her winning the title again in the future. Yeah, I think it, she's gonna be champion. Do y'all think they're Against. making her go with some kind of like rebellious storyline where she's feeling like she's not she's not really being like given her respect from authorities? Mm. Saying in a, in sort of a heel way where she's like, I deserve more than all these women, and y'all not giving it to to me, so I'm just gonna take it. And they're like leading into her like like some people's like perception of her, like that she's just like clogging up like all the top spots in like in like the women's division mm-hmm. and she's like leaning into that more like i am like calling up the top spots because i'm like the best like that's what like she's like that's her character now basically she's just like her father or at least in the past where i feel like she doesn't have a separation between her charlotte the person and her character no, I, I feel think, like i think it's the opposite i feel like you think it's i feel like, i feel like, like i feel like you tell she's like putting on like the character like that's know, the difference man. between her and her, her and her father. Like there's like a di- like you see her like in other interviews. Like you'd see like there's definitely like a difference between like Ashley the like, people here and then like Charlotte Flair. But I'm saying as far as you know her talent goes, I think she genuinely believes that she's what she is like the best women's wrestler and that she deserves a lot of the opportunities. It's not often you hear from at least other women when they interview just about the backstage culture not a lot of them really shout out charlotte if you've noticed that as being one of the women who often supports other women's struggles or they battles to the top charlotte's just kind of in her own lane like you know do you and i'm gonna do me and at the end of the day i'm charlotte flair i deserve i deserve these opportunities they went way too hard like a few years ago i'm like trying to give her like all the title reigns and stuff like her. They went overboard. They did a lot of them too in too short of a time span. Like that time, mm-hmm. that especially that span she had with Char- uh with Sasha, where they just kind of traded the title back and forth. Like they yeah. they could have just done it that like at least one for at least one exchange. 
Yeah, like that that was ridiculous. What's she is, is she a ten time champion right now or is it eleven? I think it's it's somewhere close to that. Jesus. Remember New Day had that promo they cut on her, like I, or, <laughs> like damn Charlotte, like how many times you like you, you lost or something like that. I don't like <laughs> Yeah, right. How many it's not about how many of you won, how many of you lost? But not New Day getting up there with the tag team titles. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I, they did that over like I mean, See, I guess it's, yo, it's been was, arguably the same amount of time. Yo, I was watching like 2015. I was watching like WrestleMania, like kills like the Kofi King, Kofi Mania one, WrestleMania 35. And I'm pretty a big I think Biggie says like five or like get up for five or six time like world tag team champions. And now they're at 11. I was like, when did that happen? <laughs> when did they like win and lose this many like tag team titles? <laughs> yeah, a lot That's of those crazy. SmackDown title reigns kind of just came and went. And that yeah. and this was after like that Uso feud. The Uso and New Day feud. Yeah. They're like like switching them back and forth. I feel like they, when they don't know like what to do, like they just go like put the titles on the New Day, but they don't build a division up. So like they don't really have like opponents to, to they put them on them for a month and then give them to somebody like a new team, which is what just happened. And then they'll break them up. Yeah. What like the new team? <laughs> yeah, and then they don't have a tag team. Then like, oh, Backtrack. we don't have any tag teams. Oh, we have the new day. Go back to the new day. <laughs> it's the same you, cycle. It's good that they have a staple in the tag division like that, though, because I, I think I, it's needed. I want I want Kofi and like Woods though to be able to do like singles work. Do they no. need it though? I mean, I feel like the tag division lacks so much. You don't want to take away the foundation of it, and I feel like the mid-card and main or not the main event scene but the mid-card division is definitely overcrowded people struggling just to get a spotlight there so it's like unless yeah. unless we get like a strong storyline with with them splitting up and becoming their own individual characters but i don't think you need to split them up i think like it just be like part of the storyline like they, yeah. want, like they both have like singles like aspirations too like especially like woods too he's like never had like a when a singles title yeah but that isn't compelling to me like what, just that, Woods? no, just that storyline of anymore of you know I didn't really get a shot. This is my time, X Y Z. I mean, we could talk about it now if y'all want, but I wanted to dive into Cesaro. You know, being put in this main event scene now, we've seen it for, we've getting a little taste of it for about two weeks now, mm-hmm. and I don't know about y'all, but I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel like Cesaro is being exposed for exactly exactly who we knew cesaro was now granted let's give cesaro all the credit in the world we all notice he's one of the best in-ring performers in-ring maestro perfect one of the greatest athletes the entire in the entire wrestling industry this guy outside of the ring outside of the ropes anything he does to me i don't want to see it i'm sorry i don't want to see him talk i don't want to see him try to be funny or try to act it just does not work for me. He he cussed his promo with Daniel Bryan this week, you know, calling out Roman. And it's just like whenever he performs or tries to cut any type of promo, it's just so robotic. And it's so just it's just direct and straight to the point. Like he's one of the most direct speakers in the entire company. He's like, Roman, I want you to face me. Come out here and face me like. <laughs> where is the drama at where is this like where's the character where is the you know the emphasis like is, is he just too it's no like leeway with him like you know what i mean it's just it's yeah. just straight to the point this is cesaro 
I think they they knew that too. That's why they had Daniel Bryan exactly. like, carry that promo. Like you could tell, and Daniel Bryan, you could tell, was like trying to get him to like ad lib some and like get him like like because he kept like 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 looking at Cesaro, like trying to like like throw him yeah. like some like alley oops. <laughs> Cesaro was like, "You got it." Yeah, yeah that's you, basically what he was. I'm good. <laughs> Daniel Bryan was like, "Come on, like come on, like." Like you, you gotta do something. Like like give me something. Like give me like, <laughs> like help me out here. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was weird. I was like, is this about like Cesaro or is this about Daniel Bryan? Like what's going on? Yeah, because Roman came right out and it was like Cesaro, get the fuck out my face. I don't care about you. I'd rather face <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'd I'm rather like- face. I'd rather face a nigga that I don't want to really fuck with and. I'd rather face somebody I actually want to like beat the fuck up than you a boring ass. And He's like genuinely not worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> give, him, give, give him that like Drew McIntyre ricochet treatment. Really, really, where Ricochet was kind of that promo one time. And mm-hmm. then Drew McIntyre's just like, shut up. Shut <laughs> up and sit down. And then he shut up. And I feel like that was the beginning of the end for Ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> After that. And then, well, I mean, how do y'all think this makes Cesaro look though? Because they were just like giving him a little bit of time and then roman comes out here and says you know you don't deserve a shot against me i'm going with daniel and then he's like okay daniel you should go for it you deserve this and i don't know i just feel like they, it makes it our star looks kind of weak man they gotta be building up to him just like snapping over reins like the next few weeks mm-hmm. but that, that has to be what happened you can't keep talking to him like this and him just like just taking it like not like not really like send anything back to him like not like hitting him for the swing or anything. They like, gotta do something. Like shut up, Nick. I just I just don't see a future where Cesaro gets over as a world champion. Like let's let's look at the facts here. I think you need the crowd this push for it. Yeah, you do need a crowd for it. One, but this push too is coming about two or three years too late. Cesaro had plenty of hot streaks, plenty of periods where he gets the loudest crowd reactions. I think honestly, the only reason why they're actually giving him the time this time around is because every time they post one of those tweets that say, "Who's the most underrated superstar in WWE?" Everybody just goes and says what they are used to hearing: Cesaro, Cesaro, Cesaro. So now, what happens? They give him a shot. They say, "All right, boom, we got time." You know, we got Rona. Not even no, it's not even nobody in the crowd. Let's give him a shot. Fuck it. And now we're seeing. What they already knew. Cesaro is great, but he does not have it. He does not have the chops, the character, you know, the fucking body language to be in the same echelon as somebody like Roman or Daniel or Seth. I just don't see it. And it's sad. So he's saying he's like in like the Shelton Benjamin tier where he was just like a tier above Shelton for I feel like Shelton Benjamin could have been like a world champion. Like mm-hmm. he could have been. A, I feel like Shelton Benjamin, like especially when he was doing like the gold standard character, like I feel like he, he could have become like world champion. Or even like when he was like a big baby face in like mm-hmm. two thousand five, like right after like Money in the Bank, like they could have built him up as like a main eventer then, but they like missed the boat, and then they they paired him up with like his like his mama, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like this like this tanked his career. As and like you see, a, yeah, you see it. You see how many struggles Shelton has had, and he has had not even he hasn't even had that much, but he's had better character work than Cesaro, definitely. Whatever happened to Charlie Haas? 
Where, where is Charlie Haas these days? He probably retired. I think he was working. I know him and Shelton working in the Indies like 2015, 2014, something like that. World's greatest tag. I'm looking him up. Um, he's like semi-retired right now, Charlie Haas. <laughs> he uh, left. He left Ring of Honor in 2013. Um, but he returned a few months later, continued to compete. Like random promotions in Texas, Oklahoma, Canada. So I wanted to see there's your Charlie Haas tag team versus like American Alpha. I always want to see that. Benjamin Haas versus American Alpha. You never see Jason Jordan in that again. Yeah. This is his neck is like confetti now, right? Yeah. He got Damn. his his dad. He inherited his, his dad's neck jeans. <laughs> that makes sense in storyline. <laughs> but yeah, did y'all have any other thoughts y'all wanted to share, share with Cesaro? Like, do y'all pretty much agree with my take, or do y'all think y'all uh, want to give Cesaro more hope? I, I yeah. want to give him a few more weeks just to see, like, if he can like pull something else out. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Dylan? I think there's something. I think you just got you just kind of got to give him more time. Because they don't really put him in this position a lot. So maybe he just needs, like, I don't know, to to work into it, to get used to it. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to quit on him too soon. Yeah. Do you think that we're, like, well, not necessarily the case with Cesaro because he's been there for a, a while. But you think that, like, wrestling fans now are, like, too soon to, like, too quick to give them people. Because, like, if you saw the Stone Cold, oh, definitely. Uh, like, biography, like, on the like, A&E that you did, that documentary, like Vince McMahon said that like, like he's wasting my time. Like when he's talking about like Stone Cold when he's the ringmaster, when he brought him in and he wasn't like doing shit for like a year. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't he wasn't like he didn't know like what the ringmaster was or what the character was. Like I feel like if that happened now, like people would be like, oh, like put him on main event, like yeah, in the fuck off our TV. And then- the way time moves in wrestling now is a lot quicker, I would say. Especially, I mean, it's just the culture we live in in general. I mean, everything is just so quick and, you know, digestible. I think people want things to move along quicker than not because, you know, people's attention spans are just so short. But at the same time, you know, you get internet factors into it as well. So many people clamoring for certain things to happen and uh, supporting certain people that might not really be in that spot yet. Mm-hmm. You often get these movements where it's like, oh, you need to push them now, 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 now. And it's like the WWE had never known we even wanted to see this. And then they got to, they just need a little time to adapt sometimes. And like, I feel like in wrestling, you don't hit your stride until like you're in your 30s, really. Like it's different than other like pro sports. I think that yeah. like sometimes like we like want to compare it to like other pro sports where like you're in like your mid 20s, like that's your prime. But in wrestling, it's like really like late 20s, like like to like your 40s basically is like your prime like look at somebody like drew mcintyre who came in at what like 20 years old like 20 something years old like couldn't really figure it out had to leave comes back and now he's like made himself into like a, a bona fide like main inventor mm-hmm. some guys just need like time to to, to be able to grow like who, yeah. like, who would have thought like three and b drew mcintyre would be like a, a perennial main inventor like nobody really would think that yeah i thought he would I was surprised that he they, they had him in a tag team for so long. Now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. Like, when Drew first came and they kind of had, like, that chosen one thing going, I was like, yeah, I could definitely see him, like, being that next dude. I didn't know when. I didn't think it would take nearly 10 years. Yeah. But 
we ended up getting to that point. And then when they put him in three and B, I was like, damn, what, what, this is what they think of him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, I was wrong. Like, I would have never thought gender. Now, when you talk about gender, oh, yeah, that's gender, a different story. That's crazy. That's different. But that that totally attests to what you're saying, Chad, because <laughs> nobody would have ever, ever thought in their mind we would see gender be WWE champion. If you told I, me that in 2012, I would have slept in your fucking face. And I don't think he's ready for it, honestly. Like, from, like, the in-ring standpoint. Who are you talking it, about? Gender. Okay. Came, like, I feel like, he, I feel like he, he had, like, the presentation down. Like, he knew to present himself, like, as a world champion. Mm-hmm. But when it came to, like, in the ring, like, I don't, I still don't think he, like, had to, like, in ring, really no. figure it out. But yeah. character, yes. Which brings up a great point. Let's, let's talk about it. Because when it comes to making a valid champion... Let's think about what's more important, the ring performance or them as a character. Because look at Cesaro. If I had that, if you had the option right now to see Cesaro as world champion or Jinder Mahal, who would you choose? I don't know. Because like the thing is, like I think character is more important, but there's like a gap. If like the gap between like your character and ring work is like too far, then then I don't, I don't think it works. Like yeah. in that case, I think that was the case with gender, where like he's like in work and character work were like too far apart, so like that didn't work together. Where I feel like Cesaro, like could make up for it. Like once the bell rings, like he can get you like interested in like what he's doing. Yeah. But as far as outside the ring, who will want to see a match where you can't even build up to you know a marquee like moment or something that you actually want to see play out. I think that's about like a good title run out of like out of who Cesaro. Yeah, out of someone who's just a better wrestler than the character. Mm-hmm. And there's a character that just like they can build up a great match, but when they get to the ring, it kind of just like falls a little flat. It's just like disappointing. That's Bray Wyatt, basically, like to a T. Yeah, yeah. That's Bray Wyatt to a T. We're like you can like build up the match. That's why I don't get excited for Bray Wyatt matches anymore. Mm-hmm. really like because i'm like you're not gonna deliver in the ring so like what are we building to like you having like a disappointing match <laughs> at a pay-per-view like what are you building towards mm-hmm. i will say that if you have a solid great character you have to at least be like okay in the ring yeah and i, I think agree. that's that's for me that's where like gender kind of landed i didn't think he was bad in the ring he was kind of aggressive was which i like yeah he was boring his style isn't really that entertaining but what I liked about him was that he was pretty aggressive. Like, if you go back to his matches with Finn, Finn will always leave out there with, like, bruises and, like, re- like red-ass back and chest. And, like, you know, he, he goes in there. He, he puts in work, so. The problem, too, was him feuding with Red Yorton for months. Oh, gender? <laughs> yeah. Like, you could not have their two styles. Like, yeah. especially, like, he needs a few with, like, because I think AJ Styles gave him his best match. That was his last match of his reign. Mm-hmm. Damn, his, they should, they his reign was really, like, what, six months long? Yeah. That's crazy. They, they should have had him with, like, uh, like it's, like, somebody that could, like, pick up, like, the pace for with him. Where, like, he could, like, ride them down and they have, like, a comeback. Like, mm-hmm. with Randy Orton, Randy Orton matches, like, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of, like, of, of a lot of Randy Orton matches. Because I feel like people sometimes confuse this being, like, slow, methodical with, like, being a good, like, like good work. Sometimes, like sometimes he's like just too slow and methodical. Right, like he's, he's like yeah. he's like not doing anything. Like if he's like has somebody in a chin lock for like two minutes, like like that's not doing anything. Like come on, like do something. He's a ring general. 
Yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing they toss around. That type of style might not be everyone's cup of tea. Um, I'll tell you it was not my cup of tea. It was that new Aleister Black promo on Uh-oh. SmackDown. I mean, I'm glad to see he's finally getting some time on TV. I'm glad he's back in our eyes. But as far as that promo goes, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> he lost me talking about the father and took me to the father, the son, the Holy Ghost. Uh, yeah, he took me to the fucking chapel. And he's I doing like ate, I drank some juice and had a cracker and I changed my life. I don't know what's going on. Local romance, Black Parade. So, what are y'all thoughts on Alistair Black and his return? Were you uh, moved? Were you moved by this promo? I, I was intrigued, like yeah. just to see where he's going. I, like I'm intrigued. Like I, I'll let this play out because. I, 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 the thing is, though, like, with Br- like we were talking about before, with Bray Wyatt, like, where, like, I don't, I don't know if I trust every necessarily to like fully deliver, like, on this, <laughs> on this yeah. character, like, to see all the way through, to like, I guess what, like, whatever Astro Black's vision is of it. Yeah. I was no. on TV again. I was like, oh shit, it's Astro Black. Yeah. And he's got a new pair of glasses. Yeah, I'm gonna give him some time. I'm just glad to see him. The, yeah, the, yeah. I feel I, that too. I thought he was gone. Like I thought he was gonna be like one of those people that like they just like eat like let them sit out the duration of their contract, like like Pac was. Yeah, and then he like pop up somewhere else. I mean, it would suck to see another Andrade with him, where he just leaves and is. He has to figure out the rest of the next, yeah, the next steps to his career. I would like to see him used in a good spotlight here, but I was just a little bit concerned because they haven't done a great job present, presenting his character before. And I felt like bringing him back in this way was like, okay, I'm happy to see him, but at the same time, are y'all just going to do the same shit y'all did before? Like, y'all just don't really know how to get him off on TV. The thing is, he's a heel this time. Where they're like trying yeah. to do that like weird shit where like... He's I always like, felt like, like he dark room as a face. Yeah. I'm pretty didn't he have on one of those um the early performance center raws, didn't he have a match with Leon Ruff? A squash match? He did he like turned heel like yeah. he was in the eye patch, but then like he was off TV. Like, that was when he was heel already? Yeah, he was like, turned, I think he I turned thought, heel, didn't he? Like he did, he had but, the eye patch. But I think the match with Leon Ruff, I don't think he was heel at that point because I think I remember saying i wanted him to be healed back then because because he would just come out and squash people and it's like i don't really find a reason to like cheer for somebody like that you know what i mean because it's it's, he's just coming out just beating everybody's ass and that's not something you really cheer for right i don't know i I don't know i think you cheer for that like seeing beat the shit out let's use his like moveset yeah i thought they did that for too long with him I feel they did that for like months and months and months on end. We're like, okay, now, like, who's gonna like challenge him? Like, who's gonna start off the storyline? Yeah, like, I want to see him get beat now. So, I want to see, I want to see him fight somebody that's like on his level. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Actually, you don't care. You don't even realize you don't care. It's like, oh, he's been winning for six months. I forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even like AEW where they have like a record system. It's just, just tagging on wins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another week, another win. Hooray. But yeah, um, another week, another uh, 
storyline involved outside the ring with talent relations. This one pretty big here. So it started started out with a report or really a tweet from Mickey James where she exposed exposed the way that her belongings were handled or delivered to her house in a box in a trash bag with a sticky note on it that says Mickey James. This was obviously very disrespectful. Talk about a woman who carried the weight, carried the load for the women's division in a time where, honestly, multiple, multiple years, multiple eras, in the times where the division was treated for just popcorn, bathroom break matches, five minute, whatever, bra and panties matches, fucking chauffeuring people to the ring, you name it, you know, Mickey James was there a legend, Hall of Famer. Now she's going from the company. What do they do? They send her trash. Her shit in a trash bag. This fucking respectful. And then what happens after that? We see uh, Triple H puts out a tweet, says, we acknowledge what happened, blah, blah, blah. That person has been let go. A lot of reports coming out saying that it's Mark Carano. Not a lot of, not a lot of people are that familiar with Mark Carano, but if you watched have any of y'all ever watched Total, Diva, Total Divas? Yeah, I've yeah. seen some of it. Yeah. He comes show. off as like a slimy dude. Exactly. <laughs> Ever since that show, I did not like him. That was the, probably the only time I really saw him. You know, that's that was how I got introduced to him, really. And even in that show, he just seems, like you said, Chad, slimy, just kind of a the dick. Fact, yeah. The fact that as a, like, a backstage executive, he was even on this show that much kind of <laughs> probably showed that he was a little messy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, but uh, yeah, he just he just he just comes off like kind of like creepy. Like I don't know if he actually is creepy. Maybe that that's the vibe that he gives off. Yeah, he's real, real like handsy. He's like talking to like the women on mm-hmm. the roster. So when you speak to that, the next part about the story because it, it just keeps evolving, keeps evolving at this point. Um, somehow, some way, we end up getting to a point where Mark Carano is being exposed by his side chick for like a bunch of weird shit he did she said he like he one time got mad at her because she didn't answer her phone calls when she was at a funeral he fucking told her he wanted to fly her out like 48 hours in advance and she's saying ah he said her um her womanly parts were like a tic-tac dispenser talking about how many kids she had jesus (laughs) this guy (laughs) this guy (laughs) Yeah, man, this dude, I don't even know, man. See, like, even if he was scapegoated, I don't think most people, like, gave a shit. Just because, like... No, nah, they probably... It seemed like they wanted to get his ass out of there. Yeah, because, like, people yeah, just like, did not like this Give me a reason. Man. Give me a reason. People did not like this guy, like, at all. Yeah. I never understood why he was there. I mean, looking back at Total Divas, they always describe the company culture, like, a certain way. It's kind of like family based, and whenever I saw him, it just seemed oh, like he not, was that, such a that's such a load of horseshit. I think yeah. though, too, they even describe like WWE is like family based, family culture. Like, we we like, we know like what your practices are. Well, like, a lot of companies say that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, all, every company says that. They're <laughs> all full of shit. <laughs> but like, with him, it was just he just always seemed like some like just like slimy, dorky business dude. Like. 
And the thing is, too, like, you had, like, all, like, the, of the executives, like, giving out, like, the same, like, can, like, oh, we didn't know this was happening. We fired him immediately. Like, this has been happening for, like, 10 years. Like, Gail Kim said this happened here. Jillian Hall said that the same thing happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that, like, they weren't at least aware of, of how they were, like, doing this. Like, because... And this was only happening to women, it seems, because you had no uh, male wrestlers come out and say that I, I had my stuff like shipped back to me in a garbage bag. Like, yeah, none of that. It was just, it was just the women wrestlers <laughs> that had that happen to that. I would damage control. Yeah, I'm wondering like what what's the right way they should give them their stuff back. I mean, there's got to be some like uh, like, like a box, box neatly yeah. folded. I mean, they're, they're a billion dollar corporation. Yeah, like, I don't got time. I don't something. got time. They're like, yeah, I'm a billion dollar corporation. I don't got time to fold this shit. Just throw it in a fucking bag and put it in a box. That's disrespectful. People that like, do, like literally like sacrifice their bodies for you, for your company. Yeah. Especially and a trash you bag. Like, their shit back like that. Yeah. But at least put in some wrapping paper shit. And like, that's the thing too. Like, is a difference if like you like personally choose to like use like a trash bag to like put your stuff in. But it, it, it feels a lot more disrespectful if it's somebody else that, like, does that and makes that choice for you. Like, put your shit in a trash bag. Especially with someone that just, like, fired you, too. It, it feels it feels like it comes with some, like, disrespect. Yeah. It's a, it is, a, like, a little disrespectful undertone to it. And especially, like, to Mickey James, dude. Like, think about all the shit that Mickey James got, like, put through. Like, That's what I'm saying. The, she, been, she been there for years, you that know? That Mickey James storyline that they... That they gave her, they like called her like fat and stuff. Yeah, and then you had, you had like that that few with Alexa Bliss story. Like they called her like old every single week, even though like, she, how old is she? Like forty. And then like you have like Finn Balor's like four years old too. He's like NXT champion. Nobody called him old. Like all right, double standard for women in men's wrestling. Like she, like she. I think I think that was just like the straw kind of like broke the camel's back. Like when she got that, she was just like, she probably like thought of like all the disrespect. She's like, you know what? I'm just gonna say something about this because it's like this is bullshit. What was the last time we saw Mickey James on TV? Was it when she had that match with Ronda? I'm pretty sure for the title. It was it was that match with Oscar where she oh, was sold Asuka. too good. It was Oscar, and then they it was, and right. it was that weird match where like she sold too well, and the referee thought she was actually hurt. Oh yeah, she really ended the match, and she's like, "What what are you doing? Like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I was just selling." <laughs> Get fired for being too good. Think about that. <laughs> I was like, oh no, you're done. You fucked up. That's crazy. Yeah. I but, think um, she'll she'll land on her feet on her feet though, somewhere. Like like, maybe. like probably like AEW, honestly. That would be solid. I would like to see that. They like, they um, need somebody like you'd be a like solid teams. like um main event women's wrestler. They don't really have a lot of veterans there either. Yeah, or like known veterans around the world of wrestling, and like I don't know how long I feel like Sheeta's probably like still gonna be champion because I don't know if he's gonna take it off. I don't know if he's gonna take it off her. Really, I thought they brought like a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, let's talk about. Let's jump over on the uh, the Wednesday night, uh, not Wednesday night wars anymore. But let's let's jump over on the side of Dynamite real quick because I did enjoy that Hikaru Sheeta take Conti match Mm -hmm. for the women's championship. They're starting to heat up a little bit in that women's division. Yeah, I think they're building something up mm-hmm. with, with the division. Like, okay. but I think it's just like looking ahead, like who is the next? Uh, actually, no, we know who the next challenger is Britt Baker. Yeah, 
Actually, now I think um, about it. I think, I think Britt Baker is going to take, take it. Yeah, she could take it. Britt Baker, they've been doing the best job of building her up as a star in the women's division, at least. Yeah. She's definitely been getting, like, majority of the attention. You could argue Hikaru Shida has been as well, but it's been back to that conversation we've been talking about, like, ring work versus character. Britt Baker has the character. I mean, and the ring work for that. Yeah, I think they matter, did, like, but... the, the classic, like, wrestling build with mm-hmm. her. Kind of like the Ray Orton. Where like they come in and you're like they have like potential, but you're like not really like too sure like where they're gonna land. But yeah. then you like give them the credibility. They need an identity like, first, you know. Like Randy Orton, like like the same track basically. Like Randy Orton had like that. He got the ledge care character, and like he got she gained he gained confidence. Like she got like the heel like dentist like character basically, and like gain more confidence on the mic. Mm-hmm. And then you give her the credibility in the ring with like the hardcore match. Hardcore match like Ray Orton with Mick Foley and then Britt Baker with Thunder Rosa. So now like you 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 build up the momentum for them to become like the world champion instead of just like putting the title on them like without any build up. Mm-hmm. Tay Conti as well uh, mentioned briefly. She was she had the match with Sheeta. She's also another woman. There there's been a lot of time on her on Dark, but kind of transitioning her into the main television program. I like her a lot too. Mm-hmm. I liked her back in NXT. So yeah, I mean it's good seeing her get a shot. My only problem with the win- women's division, not my only problem, but it definitely sticks out a lot, is that little ass title belt. That shit look disrespectful. <laughs> that shit look like a toy, yo. They need to get rid of that shit. Yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of that title not style at of it. Not at all. But look, um, I was a fan of a few more things that happened on the show. We got to see Hangman Page versus Ricky Starks to open up the uh, the night. Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty good, good match. match. Um, uh, Hangman Page obviously got the win because Ricky Starks is half black. Um, <laughs> Trent faced off against uh, Penta El Zero Mero. He changed his name again. Pent- yeah. Has he always been? No, no, he, no. He's been he's been that since like for like the past few months. Okay, like Penta El Zero. Penta El Zero, yeah, El Zero Mero. And then I like I like Alex uh, Avery Hansen as his like as his. Uh, translator yeah it's like penta says like he's been, mm-hmm. i like that bit that, that at first really- i didn't know what they were really going with with that he was just gonna be like kind of just like his translator but he actually is getting involved as like a heater or yeah like a manager so that's he's, dope. that's like that's like good like heat that he's like getting on, on penta and like penta getting like still do like he gets like still like talking shit on the mic and stuff and mm-hmm. like bill cares about now like you have like somebody like saying like what he's like the, yeah. translator for the crowd but I like how this week he didn't even like get involved with Penta. He was just like, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, Penta earlier said, yes, yeah. like they's gonna keep going with that and like." It just and then like booking ahead like further like. But then it's like, why are you coming after me? Like I didn't say it. Penta said it. If they ever turn Penta like babyface again and like you want to split them off, like that could be like the catalyst. Like he starts saying like Penta, he starts getting like too cocky. And, like, yeah, starts, get him like, in Penta the bullshit. <laughs> Penta's like, what? I didn't say that shit. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know who says some shit? MJF. Yeah. MJF when JR interviewed the Pentacle. That promo. MJF yeah. is a star, man. MJF, MJF is good at star, this star, bro. Good at that. He's so damn good. Uh, I think he's better than Jericho. Like yeah, this, in these promo battles that they've had, mm-hmm. I feel like MJF has had like the edge. Dylan <laughs> said, "Oh, Dylan said, oh, Dylan, big words." 
we gonna yeah, you gonna have to tune in, bro. You gonna have to tune in, check out this AEW. You know, it's, it's not too bad sometimes. But what's it called? Jericho. I didn't like the promo Jericho cut though. Like speaking of that this week, like what's it called? Santana cut a really good promo. Like this is like the, like one of the first times like he got the mic and was like able to like just like speak like by himself in the ring. Mm-hmm. I thought he like delivered on that. Can you run down Jericho's promo? Because I saw it, but I wasn't paying that much attention. Like, what what was he getting at? He he was just like uh like just like it was like a rebuttal basically to what MJF said, but like just like the stuff that he was doing like didn't work. Like he was like talking about like MJF like like singing show tunes and then like Chris Jericho trying to like do like a show tune. Like, oh yeah, it just like didn't fit like the tone. Of, like, I can't get behind Jericho's face work i think i can't either before just uh, yeah knowing his background now it's like i don't even i just don't want to see i feel him. like black people like we can't get behind jericho can't, yeah. at this point and as, i don't once again you obviously see that aw's not in touch with their uh their fans of color so what well you have like blood and guts coming up too that's and that's a one match show like mm-hmm. that's that's an ambitious episode they're, they're gonna do to have one match for a two-hour show so, one man, wait, what? Yeah, you know that, like, like blood and guts made it's just that the match. double cage. Yeah, it's just gonna be the the double cage, huh? For two cage. hours. Yeah, but what what is it? Five and five? No way. Yeah, it is. I like. They said it's gonna be two hours. Yeah, it's a, it's a regular episode of Dynamite, but like it's no. like blood and guts. Yeah, no. yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know like, what like the maybe it'll be an hour. Matches. I think no, they'll have no. an hour, maybe like two matches before. You can't have two hours in one match. That's ridiculous. I don't know what the buildup is though. Before like if they have like promos like before a match, like I don't know how they're gonna fill the time. What is blood and guts? Is it like war games? Yeah, it's basically war games, like double cage. Oh, uh, five teams. Like I, you, you could fill two weapons hours inside that, the maybe. cage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hypothetical. No. You can possibly fill two hours with it, but I don't want to see that. Give me an hour. Hour yeah. is fine. Two hours of one match? Uh uh-uh. uh. They might not. They might not just be like them. They might have like promo segments and stuff. It might just be like that. Match might just be like mm-hmm. an hour, but I don't know. Like, I what. think they're probably gonna announce something else. A few other things. Maybe a TNT title match. Maybe get Britt Baker and Sheeta on there too. I don't know. I think they said that. it was like an hour. Let me see. If they officially announced that. Announced for two hours. That's nuts, bro. But that's anyway. an ambitious, like very ambitious. <laughs> ambitious episode that they were doing. They try stuff though. They try it. They will. Yeah, that's what it says. It says AW Dynamite, Blood and Guts will reportedly be a one match show. What the fuck? What is wrong with them? So we'll see oh. how that like plays out. Yeah. Excited to see how that plays out. Also excited to see how QT Marshall's going to play out. His build is going great. As long as Anthea Gogo is like the the, the main that guy dude. they're trying to build up. And yeah, then, in the back. And uh, what's his name? The one that they, they broke, that Dustin broke like the chair over his head. Uh, I don't know these dudes' names. They call it the factory. Though. That one dude looks like Brody Lee. Not Brody Lee. Uh, like Bruiser Brody. <laughs> that, that one oh, like okay, okay. Shaq dude. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, as long as like those are the guys that are like, building up and like Hugh Marshall's like just QT Marshall fades to the background versus like, Billy Gunn. That's a marquee match. So that's a that's a dark that. match. <laughs> waiting to see that. Um then we had Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That was a good match. 
No more Will Hobbs. Yeah, that was good. Uh, TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy. I had this playing in the background. It sounded like it was good. I'm yeah. going to say it was good. Darby Allen retained probably for some bullshit. Let me see. No, no, it wasn't. It was it was a straight up match. Like, that was the thing. Like, they had, like, a straight up wrestling match. Like, okay. Darby Allen didn't do any, like, he was, like, crazy. crazy how did he retain, stuff. though, I'm saying? Well, how do you win the match? Yeah. He did, like, a some, like, crazy, like, pin combination. Okay, thing. so he, like, Jungle Boy peppered Allen with palm strikes, but the champion trapped him in a last supper for the pinfall. Yeah, he, like, like trapped him, like, his, like, legs. That's what I'm saying. He always wins from, like, some roll-up or some bullshit, though. That's what I think. But it's not a roll-up. It was, like, a wrestling move. Nah, bullshit. <laughs> like, so why, he trapped why him. Is... You said he trapped him. Why? No, but that's wrestling. Like, Surprise wrestling. trap. You, you, amateur wrestling, how do you win? Like, you win by, like, getting pins. <laughs> like, yeah, that's legitimate wrestling. But I feel like that happens with him every week. He just he barely escapes with this. this but he beat he beat uh Matt Hardy last week in that like hardcore match, right? Like oh, giving yeah, him like yeah. the coffee drop, like off. So he, he has a little edge. Okay, fine, fine. I'll give it to you. He he like I don't see like what you're seeing with like him like only like doing like one style. I feel like he's been like very. Like I feel like you show that he can like vary his style. Yeah, like, I'm saying he can vary his style. style I'm just saying the way they book him and his finishes are always like he gets his ass beat, he has a good match, and then the person almost wins, and then he just out of nowhere rolls him up or like catches him with some move. Isn't that all wrestling or, matches? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like with him, it's always like he can never just hit his finisher and get a dub. It's always just like, oh shit, he surprised him. Roll up, damn, one, two, three, it's over. But you know me. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not a, a Derby fan right now. You know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm hating. <laughs> the player hated club. Yeah. So but that's that covers most of the uh, shows this week. We didn't get into NXT, but it's not much there. I want to grab at unless y'all got something. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. I like Cameron. Cameron Grimes is probably like my, one of my favorite characters in like that. Yeah. Movie. I'm interested to see what him winning a title would look like. Oh, like what a title! Yeah, I kind of want to be North American champion. North America would be perfect for him right now. I kind of want to see him and Johnny Gargano feud. I feel like that'd be like a funny feud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> him the way, or just to have them interact somehow. Yeah, because they're both like delusional heels. Yeah. So I can't see them going against each other right now, but not for you. What do you think of the Kyle Kyle Riley's new direction? He's doing like the cool Kyle. What, cool Kyle. Cool Kyle with like the, now, I was the glasses wondering, and the jean. I jacket. was wondering <laughs> if they were actually gonna change him to Cool Kyle, like make his name Cool Kyle. Oh no, that, that that's a death sentence. <laughs> Dylan, cool what would Kyle. you say? What's a better name, Cool Kyle or Kyle O'Reilly? <laughs> well, the way you <laughs> said it, you say it like that. <laughs> what would you rather have, Cool Kyle or Kyle O'Reilly? Uh, I think it should stay with Kyle O'Reilly, but they, they could call him Cool Kyle. Like cool Kyle! It's Cool <laughs> Kyle! Yeah, who's that rapper? I was gonna, gonna chant that, so they could leave Kyle, it. Kyle! Who's that rapper a couple years ago? Like, the little Yachty song? Was it, his name just Kyle, right? <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Remember Kyle? Yeah. Okay, whatever it is. <laughs> that makes dude? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Cool Kyle, I think it's kind of a... um. It's kind of a poor man's Orange Cassidy. I think that's what he looked. I think it might have just been like the jean jacket. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to see. I want to see like 
if him if if he cut if he like acts the same like wearing like different clothes if I'll feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, he does. As far as we can tell, he doesn't really act like Orange Cassidy. He he's like more he's charismatic, more definitely. Yeah. yeah, more personality. But it was just the look I was saying. But I mean, I'm here for it. I want to see him. I'm glad they're establishing him as an independent star now and giving him a little bit of a not an edge, but just like a little bit more flavor. He's he's out here dancing. He has personality. I didn't really know, you know, in the early stages of the Undisputed Era, it's like apart from the last year, I didn't really know Kyle O'Reilly had the chops like that. Uh, like, I, I could tell he had, like, charisma when he was doing, like, that that the air guitar. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, yeah, catching everybody's that was, like, attention. The first, that was, like, the first kind of, like, sight we got mm-hmm. of him doing something fun. Showed his personality. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. What do y'all think, like, of the presentation of him so far? What about you, Dylan? I just want to know where it's going to lead. Like, I'm enjoying it right now, but I hope there's, like, a payoff. And he's not just, like, floating around for, like, eight months before something happens. Do y'all think Adam Cole and uh, him and Adam Cole are done? Nah, I don't think nah, so. Nah, they had that, like, segment where, like, they're in, like, the hospital. Like, Adam Cole was, like, this is finished between them. Yeah. So, and I don't think they're bringing up Adam Cole to the main roster. I think he would have debuted after WrestleMania. If if that if that was the case, like you'd have if you'd have like the raw or SmackDown. Maybe we'll see after SummerSlam. No, like <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to see it no more. All right, do y'all think it's past the point of wanting Adam like, Cole to be on Raw? Or SmackDown? I, I kind of want. I, I want to see until the crowds come back. Like I would wait at least until the crowds come back to yeah to so bring up Adam Cole. Cole. Adam Cole, babe, but they took away his theme song. <laughs> They took away the Undisputed Era theme song from him. You should have kept that. <laughs> yeah, that like yeah. generic, that generic song they gave. It's him. like kind of similar, but a little different. Yeah, they should just give him the one that like Josiah uh, rapped over. Josiah Williams did that like oh, one yeah. takeover. That should be his theme song for like a solo run. Somebody else got a new song this week. Oh, Seth, that shit was ass. Um, <laughs> I, I like the burn it down one before yeah come on with like can you just leave it first they wanted to change it to the messiah shit then he came back he left a little bit came back with the old shit just keep the old shit bro that shit slept he's the only one with like a theme song that was good i think i think biggie's the only one with like a new theme song that's good but that was like wale that did that so like that that more control that really counts as like in-house mm-hmm. only part i hear about that song is when he's like y'all won't go big they say that oh. <laughs> i hate that part <laughs> really i hate the i hate the hope because it sounds like he's like it's not like he's saying then say that ho he's like y'all won't go big then say that ho you think he's calling you a hoe <laughs> yeah i'm like oh whoa, whoa. Like, right. you calling me a hoe <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, uh, anything else from NXT y'all wanted to uh, talk about? That's pretty much it. Uh, Saray debuted. Uh-huh. She was pretty dope. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty good episode from NXT, though. I, LA I'm Knight. just really, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I really like the beat on Tuesdays now. That's that's really the main thing I want to get at. So yeah. much better. Just, like, how viewing these shows between watching Net, like Raw, NXT, and AEW back-to-back. Like we don't get shit with Raw. Then on Tuesday we get something with NXT. You know you're gonna get great matches. Impact Wrestling's like we were on Tuesdays before this. (laughs) 
I feel bad for Impact. They're always the ones who have to like move their day around. Impact them been on every damn day of the week at this point, except Friday. I think. Oh, aren't they moving to Thursday again? I think I think I saw yeah, they're that Thursday they're moving, again. They're moving to Thursday. Wow. You gotta you gotta show every week. You got a different wrestling show for every day of the week. And it's Man, Impact really needs a crowd or something. <laughs> like the so. atmosphere is dead. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, since we're um since we're out of the topics of the weekly shows, I guess we can talk about this upcoming Impact pay-per-view we have happening tomorrow on Sunday, the 25th. We will see, I don't know what the rest of the card is, but the main event matchup is title for title, where we'll see the AEW world champion Kenny Omega face off against Impact world champion Rich Swan. Now, I'm going to use this right now, this opportunity, to introduce a new segment in the show. <laughs> it's called No Chance, the No Chance in Hell pick of the week. But look, my pick, no chance in hell. I will repeat that. No chance in hell do we see Rich Swan beat Kenny Omega and come away with these titles. Now, I feel like y'all might already agree with me on that point, but with that being said, where do y'all see them booking this match? Because do y'all see Kenny taking the title or do y'all see some schmozzery bullshit happening? Uh, I think Kane takes the title. I think I, I don't think they could have like, especially because it's a pay per view. You can't have like a, a like a schmozzy finish mm-hmm. or and that. You're they, just gonna piss off like your customer base doing that. I think they promoted that it must be a finish. Oh, he did. Yeah, but that could also mean a finish could be a double countout. A finish could be double pin. That's what I mean by Shmoney. That's such a, I mean, like, that'd be such like a bullshit cop out to have like yeah. a title for title match and yes, then like have him in the tie. Like no, no, I agree with you though. I think Kenny's coming away with the title. Um, Dylan, I know you don't really pay much attention to the outside scene, but if you had to predict, what would you say? I'm gonna predict Rich Swan because last time I picked the white man and that was I was really killed after. Oh, that's I like true. It. I that's like true. the energy. That's a good. That's like a good. It. That's a good. I fuck good. with it. <laughs> Yo, that's the that's the that's, thumb, that's the rule of thumb. If you don't know who's who's in it, go with the black dude. If you don't fucking watch it, whatever. In any sport, in any sport, any situation. If you watch an MMA, you know you're like, I don't know these dudes. Hey, I'm a rock with the black dude. That's true. But for me, I'm just gone. like for seeing a future where Kenny Omega does win both titles. What what do y'all think this does for the wrestling world in general? Does this improve impacts? you know, legitimacy in no. terms of star power. I think so. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it just, it, it just improves AEW. Like yeah. it, it just, it solely benefits AEW. Impact's getting nothing out of this really. I don't think. I wish it made it, like made this seem more like, more, I don't know. Even. Because it's like a company versus another company. Like when you see that on paper, it should be like a big deal. But kind of just been like AEW taking over Impact. It's just been like Luke Gallows and like Carl Anderson, like Don Callis, like going to. That's really like all they wanted. Week. It feels like that's all they wanted. Yeah, it, it really does. It feels like they just made this deal because they went Carl Anderson and mm-hmm. uh, Gallows and Callis. Like that's what they. Like I wish, like they had the the, the plans supposedly for Sammy Guevara to go to Impact, but then like that plan fell through. Yeah, that didn't fall. I think because he wanted, from what it, what was described, it said he was wanting to book himself into pretty much everything yeah like the x division he wanted to have the title and then leave and then come back or whatever 
basically he wanted to go take the impact x division title and come back to aw like oh so <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> you're already they're already about to lose a world heavyweight championship you can have them lose the x division title too like mm-hmm. i don't know i would i just wish they had more crossover like i want to see them like invade like i, I kind of wish it, this was like aw versus tna but i guess yeah. tna doesn't really have like that and not just aw invades impact like TNA, uh, TNA right now doesn't have that big a roster because like, of like the pandemic. So like, if anything, they should have had Impact invade AEW. It would have been so much better to see that flip. Yeah, like like Rich Swan like should have like attacked like Kenny Omega like when he's like coming a promo like one week or something. Because like, you throw up the intensity it, of a few. You're attracting more eyes to Impact. Is was that the goal? So why would you go to a show that doesn't get enough eyes to put your stars on net? when you could bring the stars onto the popular show so that people can transfer over to watch that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like they kind of, like, they oh, did a reverse. Is, like, who is Rich Swan? Like, yeah. Oh, let me check him out. Like, um, but I'm not going to go. First of all, you're not going to, as much as they like to believe people are going to just like magically tune in just because Kenny Omega's on the card. Like they worked for one week, but then after that, yeah. Cause they realized, not, it was like, yeah, they realized it was just impact. It's, like it's not different, but it didn't really carry over to AEW. Because if you're if you're an AEW fan, like you want to see like oh I have to watch Impact to to see the progression of like the storyline. But like it's been like its own separate thing really. Like he doesn't even reference like Rich Swan really on on the show. Like Kenny Omega is doing his own separate thing on Dynamite than what he's doing on Impact, and like it doesn't really cross over. So yeah. like they're in a weird space because it's like yeah. it crosses over, and we're supposed to know that obviously these two worlds exist within the same realm, but it's also just two different storylines and events happening. So well, also what happened to Kenta? Remember Kenta attacked Japan. yeah he attacked yeah. um was it Moxley? That one week just and then they didn't before and then he had like a six man didn't he? He had like a six man tag mm-hmm. and then he's been gone. <laughs> I guess that was only for a temporary match because he had that United States title match with Moxley. Did that happen already? Yeah, that happened. Okay. Then Moxie retained. But anyway, I'm I'm probably gonna tune into that match. If not, like I'll probably won't watch the whole show. I wanna I mean I'll pull up the card just to see like what they got going on. I know Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder, facing oh, in there. Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins. It's called Rebellion. Hold up, let me see. So we got the Rebellion pay-per-view match card. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, I just want—I just want to look at the names. I—I I, I really don't know half of the people on Impact's roster. Um, Finn Juice—I've heard of them. David Finley and Juice Robinson—they're—they're they're both New Japan, right? Yeah. All right, so they're facing the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson for the Impact World Titles. Diana Perazzo, who do not sleep on her, please. Great performer. She used to be in NXT. She's the uh, Impact Knockouts Champion. She's facing Tanil Dashwood, formerly known as Emma. In WWE. Uh, then we got Ace Austin. Don't sleep on him either. Great performer. Great dude. He's young. I think he's only like 24, 25. He's going to face Josh Alexander. Another, another talented dude. TJP for the Impact X Division Championship. Impact don't have a bad roster. Like that, that match right there sounds pretty good. Yeah, TJP, they, have, they have talent. Josh Alexander, Ace. They have a really good mid card. Their main event scene is kind of slim, but they can they can work that out. Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers, uh, which if you don't know, 
WWE language, Zack Ryder versus Kurt Hawkins. Um, Trey Miguel versus Sammy Callahan. Trey Miguel is uh, formerly a third member of MSK now. Uh, Sammy Callahan, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Big indie dude. Then we got Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, Willie Mack. Shout out to Willie Mack. Versus Violent mm-hmm. by Design, Eric Young, Diener, Joe Daring, and Rhino. That ugly ass group. Oh. <laughs> and um, then we got the Knockouts Tag Team title. Or is this the titles? I don't know. Fire and Flavor, which is Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. That's another talented group. Two, uh, two young black women as a tag team. You love to see it. They facing off against Jordan Grace. I think she was she was in she had a little time in the women's tournament on WWE. Jordan, Jordan Grace, Grace or was she, she in NXT UK? Was she that might, I, I choose in the women's. Was she in the women's tournament? I think she was. I'm not sure. But her partner is to be determined. But yeah, that, that's the Impact Rebellion card. Don't want to. Um, we don't really folk follow Impact that much, but just wanted to. Uh, Shed some light on it. Um, but yeah, is there anything else y'all wanted to talk about before we wrap this joint up in a bow? Uh, mm, I think the, that's uh, it. Hate of John Cena. Yeah, oh, yes, I don't want Cena. I don't want to talk Cena. about Cena. John Cena, man. Arguably the reason why I'm here today. Yesterday, mm-hmm. Friday, April 23rd. Was his birthday? The man turned forty-four years old, to, um, and I just wanted to, um, I guess, spend some time to honor the dude, say happy birthday to him, and I guess share. We could all share what our favorite or least favorite John Cena moment is. Um, who who would like to start? Hmm. Who's my well, favorite John Cena? Let's start with you, Dylan, because I know you said you don't, you didn't really like the man. You didn't really like the man Cena. Uh, <laughs> it's not that I don't like. I don't like him. It's just that, like, he wasn't my favorite when he was there. Got like, you. Super Cena, you used to, like, get me tight in a while. Uh-huh. He was, like, Cena was, like, my first favorite wrestler, pretty much. Like, he was a dude kind of anchored me in, you know, brought me in and uh, really, like, convinced me to be a fan of the product, you know. He was that character that really captured me. When he was facing off against Edge, that's some of my earliest solid wrestling memories. I feel like I've always rooted for the bad guy. Yeah. Rooted for Edge and that feud. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I wasn't I, I wasn't the type back then, but I am like that now pretty much. Look, I, I think John Cena, like his his run where he uh is US champion, like facing like AJ Styles and stuff like this last like few years like, full okay. time like 2016 like, that was that was like some of his like best work that he did yeah and then but like one moment like a moment that like it's like not a good moment for him because he got was is the Nexus dude like that's probably like one of his worst moments like in WWE like his decision to to bury the Nexus like that at SummerSlam yeah. even though everybody else in the match was like no this is a terrible idea to, for you to, to beat them like two on one, yeah, because it's like why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he admitted he was terrible. Wait, like, did he have? Too. Did he have a match with them? It was like nine on one or some shit. No, it was like it was, it was like, like all the, of them. The SummerSlam. It was like a seven on seven like match, like SummerSlam, the elimination match. Yeah, and then it's like gets the Wade Barrett, Justin Gabriel versus him, 
and then they hit him with like a DDT, like on the exposed like concrete floor, and they some and then he somehow beats both of them, like after after having that happen to him, and then like that like killed the Nexus basically. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, John Cena is a history of destroying people's oh, careers. Hypothetically, no, another one too. I, this this I remember when Rey Mysterio won the WWE Championship for the first time in like in that tournament. This is like after CM Punk like won the title and like walked out of Money in the Bank and they had like that tournament to crown new WWE champion. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio wrestled like two or three matches like that night in the tournament gets the title, and then John Cena comes out and then he looks like he's like he's like give me a title match. Like Rip like I wrestled like three matches. Like what the fuck are you talking about? And then he's like and then he's like he's like you won't do it. You know, the like, fine, I'll wrestle the match. And then he beats him, obviously. And I'm like, how is he the baby face here? They shouldn't have did that so soon after Punk left. Like, like they, you're they the reason they lost no the title. title. <laughs> I was like, you're the reason you lost the title. <laughs> In the, why do you get another shot? See, I knew I wasn't tripping. He had a six-on-one handicap match with Nexus or Moral. him for his Wade Barrett, Skip Sheffield, fucking also known as Ryback, David Otunga. What's that dude named? Tyrus? No, that's not Tyrus. What's his name? I forget. Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater. Man, Nexus. What could have been? But anyway. Was it Michael Tarver? Michael Tarver, yeah, that was his yeah, name. So. That's his name. But um, my favorite scene of moment, I think, I'll say my favorite scene of match is probably I think it was a little, I don't know if no, it was a last man standing. Whatever, it was him versus Umaga and like, I think it was a no-holds bar match or something. It was bloody. They went at it. It was whatever that match was where he choked them out with like the cord or like a chain or something. Put them in the STF. That shit was hot. Mm-hmm. I go back and watch that match every now and again. So yeah, man. I just wanted to get some time to shed some light on John Cena. We can have a larger conversation about the legend, the Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer on another episode. But as for now, we got a wrap because we got to head out of here. Um. So, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to the show. It's been episode eight of Subject to Change. Um, so, yeah, it's been your boy Vince McMahon. So you can follow me on Twitter at B-I-N-C-E-M-C-M-A-N-Z. Um, y'all can give out y'all plugs. Let the people know where to get, they can find you. Follow yeah. me on Twitter at Chad Gelfin. I, I spelled my name out enough. I feel I feel like you should. Yeah, no, no. Y- y- y'all can figure it I out. I told y'all <laughs> why I do the spelling. I only do the spelling just to clarify I'm not the other, you know. You're not the other chairman of WWE. No, come on. There's no more. Yeah, yeah, we we established. Dylan's already spoken champion. Hold on, we gotta get a title belt made. He's a Brock Lesnar. Dylan's a Brock Lesnar. He's not. He's not defending this title again. He got the title. He'll defend it maybe like once, once a year. He won't show up. Well, with that being said, Dylan, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at some villain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Villain with a Y, y'all. Villain with yeah, a Y. With a y. All right. But yeah, you can also follow the uh our Twitter at sub number two change pod. We'll be recording another episode next week, so make sure you be tapped in, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. You already know what it is. Thank you guys for tuning in. Y'all have a great, wonderful week. Deuce. Deuce. Peace.